Hello everyone, what is up? Welcome once again to the Jay's Heronka Podcast. And today, I'm actually gonna give my thoughts and my reactions for Tiger King. Because I have watched the first episode. And so, actually I decided to watch Tiger King because everyone is actually talking about it. Um, real people I know people on the internet everyone's like you know you know talking about this they said it was a really crazy show there was even murder involved and then i see the cover of the uh, of the show itself sort of the poster and you see joe exotic who is instantly charismatic even if you're just looking at one photo but i think the question is is this tv show streaming show web show whatever you want to call call it documentary series is it for me and of course is it for you it was made by the same people who made fire if you're if anyone of you is not familiar with that i actually recommend that it's also a documentary about this music festival very high and very exclusive uh it's gonna happen at a private island in the bahamas and then guess what it was like uh, <laughs> it was the biggest music festival in the world, and it didn't even happen. And there's lots, lots of controversy. There's, you know, the, the event itself is a disaster. So go ahead and check the the trailer that on 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 YouTube, and of course you can check out the entire documentary on Netflix. And I actually enjoyed Fire, but Fire is just a single documentary, and this one. Uh, Tiger King, it's actually, uh, it's a, a series, I believe there's seven episodes, uh, there's an eighth episode, which is Joel McHale is actually, you know, uh, and I was a fan of Community back in the day, uh, Joel McHale sort of interviewed, the, I think, the people involved in in uh, making Tiger King, and so, let's see, let's see um, this documentary series, if, you know, again, the question is, is it for you, is it for me, so, yeah, let, let's see what are my thoughts and my reactions and my takeaways from reviewing the first episode. Um, I'm going to do a non-spoiler review. You know, aside from my thoughts and reactions, I'm going to do a non-spoiler review of, of episode one. And of course, I'm going to do a spoiler review because, uh, yeah, so it's a non-spoiler review. A spoiler review and then I'm going to share my thoughts and reactions. I'm going to sh- share my 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 uh ratings also jay's ratings and also i'm gonna share the possible reasons why this is actually one of the most successful shows netflix has ever launched it like i think in the first 10 days it already reached 34 34.3 million already downloaded it and it's just in the first few days and so obviously that that download is increasing or that you know watch rate is increasing so yeah there's really a lot of buzz for tiger king so let's see let's let's see if the show is for you before we start please do support my podcast give us a five star rating on your favorite podcast platform also please give us a direct donation via paypal that'll be a very big help for us any amount would do right now and i'm gonna actually place a donate link for paypal on the description page of this episode so you know just from everyone talking about it 
I actually know this show is really crazy. I know there was going to be murder and drugs, drug dealers involved along the way because that's what that's what everybody's saying. I think this is not a spoiler because the official Netflix title is Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. I thought actually this was going to be a very intense and thought-provoking documentary where you would be at the edge of your seat all throughout. Instead, what I got was it was just a bunch of characters who were charismatic but personally not enough to sustain me to watch for 10 episodes. I actually did not like any of the <laughs> of the characters introduced so far in this um in in the first episode so we have you know, if this was if it, this was a two-hour documentary, even maybe a three-hour documentary, it might have been more, of course, tight and be more com- compelling. By the time you reach the the second or third hour, you would already see all of the twists and turns. Instead, they turned it into uh, really a seven, eight-episode documentary series, and it, whatever pacing or excitement the show has, it. it it might have affected that and i get it i mean the creators of this documentary made made it in a span of five years actually and that's a lot of content but again i think i i think there's you know five years worth of content that they created and they made seven episodes i think it was still i think it was still too much you know i think they should have just trimmed this to maybe uh, three hours, four hours, but again, um, I think that I think the seven episode thing is something that would really sort of stop people from uh, watching it because you know people would just like, um, especially people who are not big fans of sort of documentary and crime series, and I am, I am in that category, so it would certainly stop people like that from watching this except other than if they made this really let's say a three to four hour part documentary it wasn't also thought provoking i didn't feel like i learned anything from watching the first episode episode i thought i was gonna learn something about tigers and you know lion lions and tigers and lions and bears you know big cats like a nature documentary obviously you don't learn anything at all Actually, the best recap I found about this, about the show is actually from YouTuber, and I apologize in advance, sir, if if I mispronounce your last name, uh, Ari Kagan or Ari Kagan. Um, anyway, Ari Kag, Ari A R I, and then Kagan C A G A N. You can search for some of his content on YouTube. Ari said something like, at the end of the day, Tiger King is just a bunch of people who hate hate each other. They may have good intentions at the beginning, but in the end, no animals were helped at all. And yeah, that's very true. And it's a very sad fact of this of this documentary series. Um, it it really became about the people and not about the 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 big cats and the tigers who. I don't know all the issues in that regard, but I I I want the I want the best scenario or the the best interest for the animals, and 
like I I don't know how 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 it was actually resolved, and I don't know that like all of these characters, I don't know if they are. I don't think they are the best people to handle this many cat, this this many wild animals, this many tigers and, and cats and and lions and you know big animals and bears. It's just like I I kind of want people who are more responsible to handle them, but. Having said that, again, I am very much open-minded, even though I'm still on the fence to watching episode 2 and onwards. Um, I actually watched half or maybe one-fourth of episode 2. Guess what? I still wasn't very much hooked uh, into watching the entire Tiger King. There were some reviews that I read online that what I actually have seen so far... Uh, specifically episode 1 and one-fourth of episode 2, they said that it's just the tip of the iceberg that I should give it another chance. Maybe I should watch an entire another entire episode. And um, yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually considering it. I'm actually considering watching all the episodes. And so if you really love this show, if you really love Tiger King, and you sort of don't understand why I don't like it, uh, please do feel free to convince me on, you know, I'm going to put my Twitter on, I'm going to put my, uh, Twitter handle on the description page of this, of this episode. Actually, it's at J. Seronka, and I, I understand, I understand my last name. It's not really easy to spell, but if, uh, yeah, I'm going to put it on the description page. Uh, and I'm looking, by the way, I'm not looking for bashing or any, you know, hate, hate or angry speech or any debate like that. I, I just want rational people to explain to me what they love about the show. And I'm very open-minded and, you know, I, I want to understand other people's perspectives. And, um, now I'm going to actually give reasons why, as to why I don't like this show very much actually and um here are the reasons first of all i am not a big fan actually of sort of, so, sort of true crime true crime shows true crime documentaries um including you know crime shows and movies um i don't know the reason why i know these things are very very much compelling but it's just not it's just not my bread and butter, you know. It's not my cup of tea. I like, I don't like, I, I do know some people who like uh, to sleep at night. They watch crime documentaries on Netflix other than this. And I understand the appeal. There are certain podcasts, crime podcasts that I followed that that actually, that I, that was very compelling. And like, like the first the first season of Serial, which I'm actually thinking about reviewing in this podcast, uh, Serial, the podcast, the case of Anand, and, you know, did did he or did he not kill that poor, um, that poor teenager, Heyman Lee, that, that was really compelling. Um, another crime podcast I like is this one titled Dirty John. Which is about this person who is who has a relationship with this woman, but he seems to have a very like a, a double life, like a very different life. Like he's pretending to be a doctor, but most of the time he doesn't have money. And then the ending is like the ending of that 
podcast, which is a real thing that happened, a real crime that happened, is so out of the world. It's so unpredictable that that like you you might think it's fiction. It's written by uh, by a, a screenwriter or a TV writer or or a fiction writer, but it's real life. And so that was super crazy, by the way. And so I I actually. I listened to that entire thing of Dirty John. I'm actually considering also watching the... I think it was already adapted as a TV show. Um, another crime documentary or crime podcast that I actually listened to was this thing about the Golden State Killer. I forgot the title. But again, it was, it was, very, much, it was very much compelling. I really felt for, for the victims. I really hated the killer. Um. Yeah, you know, so so I understand why why this crime shows, crime documentaries, crime movies are very much compelling, and um, but it's not, again, it's not my bread and butter. It's not something that I consume every day. Again, it's not for me. The, the these document the, the the podcasts, the crime podcasts that I talked talked about that I have consumed, um, I have consumed them in like like. Through the years, right? It, I I didn't like, like, I didn't consume them in one sitting. These are like, I'm talking about things that I have experienced for like two three years of my life. Because I'm really a big podcast fan. <laughs> I have been listening to podcasts for, and I'm still considered as a younger podcast fan. I think, I think I've been listening for two to three years by now. But yeah, I'm still a pretty young podcast fan. But I've really consumed a lot of podcasts because there's a lot of uh there's a lot of traffic here in the Philippines and there's a lot of waiting time so really there's a lot of time for me to to consume podcasts and that's why actually I actually already found the podcast version of this Tiger King and I'm really planning to consume that also um I don't know if I'm gonna consume that or the Netflix show but yeah um that's that um, also, in general, I am not a big fan of documentaries. Um, I still see documentaries as a as a learning as a way to learn. So it's not like an entertainment for me. It's something that I listen to, like to uh, really to learn. It's it's more it's more like an educational um, thing for me. And there's actually an a few exceptions of documentaries that I sort of enjoy. Um, I know there's probably people who really enjoy documentaries in general. So, for instance, uh, the documentary Catfish, I really enjoyed that. The two Fire Festival documentaries by Netflix and Hulu, I enjoyed that. Um, a documentary that I did not enjoy but I actually watched is Leaving Neverland because it's just so hard to listen to that. And um, I am a I'm a big Michael Jackson fan, and so it's it's super tragic because. Obviously, my Michael Jackson has been, I think, acquitted in two thousand five of of this child abuse charges, and then this thing comes up. So, really, now you don't know what the truth is, and so if it's true that that Michael Jackson abused those children, it's super tragic, and if it turns out to be not true, it's still super tragic. So just it's just one of those things that's that's hard to watch. But it's it, again, it's a compelling documentary, and it's something that I think 
actually people should watch and especially if you are a Michael Jackson fan if you are a parent you should definitely watch the Leaving Neverland because you know you should learn I think parents should learn as many ways as possible to protect their kids and of course again if you are a Michael Jackson fan you should definitely watch it um, the documentary about Theranos um, I forgot the exact title I think it's Out for Blood in Silicon Valley with 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 that woman who was an entrepreneur they said she was like um, the female Steve Jobs and now she's like I think she's facing charges and stuff like that so that's really crazy and I also enjoyed this documentary named Fed Up which is about sugar addiction so yeah there there are some documentaries that I enjoy but once again it's just not my sort of bread and butter and um, another reason why I did not like Tiger King very much is I am not a very big fan of reality shows and I think the reason why a lot of people love this show is it has a lot of, you know, reality show elements. Um, you have charismatic characters who hate and, and fight each other. And um, also, I am not a big fan of something called Crash TV, which I'm pretty sure is not a official terminology. But you know, you know how people say everyone loves a good train wreck? And you can't look away from from the train wreck once it's gonna happen. Tiger King is like that. It's really like a train wreck or a crash waiting to happen. Um, again, Crash TV. Pretty sure it's not an official ter- terminology, but this was used in pro wrestling actually in WWE WWF back in the early, you know, back in the late '90s and early 2000s. It's so it's sort of related to shows like Mori Povich and Jerry Springer, wherein you really shock the audience every episode. However, in pro wrestling, it's it has actually a negative connotation even to this day because it means you don't really care about you know the bigger long term storyline. It's just about creating sort of big and shocking moments every week. And so, um, what I could say is. If you are a fan of crime documentaries and crime shows and crime movies, if you are a fan of documentaries in general, if you are a fan of reality shows, and you're a fan of this, you know, crash TV sort of shock TV, you know, Maury Povich, Jerry Springer style of TV, then I would say that maybe... Maybe Tiger King is for you. Maybe this is the sort of the, the guilty pleasure show for for you and a lot of people. And so you know, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I I, I respect that. There, I think every person, especially especially now that we have the internet, there's people who might be elite elitist and would say, oh, we only you know we only watch high quality TV shows. You know, like like Game of Thrones or like um, Breaking Bad and stuff like that. But like like now that we live in the internet generation, I think a lot of people really watch a lot of sort of crappy, just useless videos on the internet. And, you know, let's, I think the entertain, what entertains you does not entertain me. And what entertain me may not entertain you. But the important thing is we sort of respect each other's taste because that's that's how people are we're all very different and your taste is different than my taste 
but you know you let let's not judge each other you know let's let's re- respect the entertainment that that the people around you consume and uh, another reason actually that I want to watch all of the episodes of Tiger King is I don't see any definitive reviews of every episode um, I don't see one on YouTube I don't see any on the podcast I personally love working on things that I am passionate about and that's what I want to do in this podcast but I also want to give something something back to people I want to do something for others and specifically I want to do something for the 34.3 million people which is a lot of people who have already watched Tiger King and this is numbers according to Nielsen's and obviously this 34.3 million this this insane number by the way people who already watched it it was just recorded in like a few days after it was released I think 10 days after it was released so obviously this is still increasing and counting and um, I think I would personally be a good reviewer for this for this show because since I am not a fan of this kinds of shows I do not like any of the characters I would actually give a very objective review of it because personally when I review something that I am not a fan of I don't just you know go ahead and tear it apart like I said I don't judge it and I don't judge the people who watch it I look at it objectively I try to see what's good about it what they did right and why people are so, are so drawn drawn to it why why are people so attracted to Tiger King and yeah Maybe that might be the very compelling reason why I would continue to watch every episode and even review every episode. So, yeah. Um, obviously, once you follow, subscribe to my podcast, you're gonna know. You're gonna know if I'm gonna continue reviewing it. Um, but for now, for now, we're gonna go actually to the spoiler part of the review because, as I mentioned. I already watched the first episode, so this is also my review of the of the the pilot of Tiger King, the f- first episode. So, um, before we continue, once again, please do support my podcast. Give us a five star rating on your favorite podcast platform. Also, please do give us some direct donation via PayPal. That will be a very big help for us. Any amount of money would do. And once again, the donate link to our PayPal is on the description page of this episode. And so now, I'm going to give this warning. Uh, I'm going to say, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert three times. Because now, we're going to go to the spoiler review of, of Tiger King, the first episode. And since I watched the first episode, actually, let's start with the trailer. For me, the most striking quote I got from the trailer was uh, the trailer said something like there was more tigers in captivity in the United States than there are tigers out in the wild. And, you know, I I enjoy going to the zoo, but I can't say I'm a big zoo guy. I don't read and research much about zoos, so I can't conclude if if it is a good thing or a bad thing for tigers to have 
you know, to have more tigers in captivity in the United States than there are out in the wild. Um, however, from the research that I actually did, did just today, you know, just earlier today, I found out that not all zoos are equal. So, of course, there are good zoos and there are bad zoos. Um, uh, the zoo are not just for the entertainment of the public. Because that's actually what I thought. And so there's, they're, they're doing much more things in the zoo. Um, the word zoo itself is short for zoological garden or a zoological park. So obviously, as we know, zoology is the, um, the science and the study of animals. And so at best, the zoo can actually educate people about wildlife and how to take care of them. Uh, the animals in the zoo are sort of ambassadors so that people can be more aware of the wildlife and, of course, all the issues that, that that's facing really the wildlife of the world today. If an animal is endangered, the zoo can actually take care and breed some of these animals so that they can multiply and brought back and then be brought back to the wild but those are of course the best case scenarios um at worst the zoo are really you know cages for animals who would otherwise be free and you know run around in the wild for for example elephants elephants are like really they're they're, they're definitely big and imposing they are the attraction for every zoo and this, many of these elephants, elephants live in small cages. Um, they even live with roommates. If the elephant can work, can walk for a few acres a day, uh, that would be the, the best case scenario. And that was not, that's not enough because um, elephants could wander as much as 30 miles or 48 kilometers every single day. And they like to hang out with large groups. You know, grazing on the leaves, uh, splashing on some water or something, you know, eating and all that. And so, obviously, any any elephant who is at a zoo is not given that freedom. It's just, they're just going to be caged there. Um, an another example is, there was a case wherein zebras at the National Zoo, actually in Washington, D.C., actually starved to death because of insufficient and incorrect food and in the same zoo which is unfortunate red pandas actually died after ingesting rat poison which is a you know like i hope it already changed for that zoo for the national zoo in uh not in washington dc i mean first of all it's the capital of the united states and like how could they mess up this much like <laughs> zebras dying and you know, red pa red pandas dying. And again, through research, I have found out that the zoos that we have today, it has already improved. Gone are the days where the cages were really, you know, literally metallic cages, and the animals look like prisoner. Animals look like prisoners. Um, the animals in the zoos now live in sort of natural-looking habitats. However, according to David Hancox, who is a zoo consultant and the former zoo director, he, he calls these things as 
really just illusions. He argues that they're not much of an improvement, especially in terms of the space. Um, I'm going to share my experience. I actually worked in real estate. If we have areas in, in a village, for example, or in a subdivision, in a community with sort of ugly walls and ugly fences, or like ugly, you know, so, sort of ugly looking drainage uh, systems, the way the developer covers that is we literally cover it with plants and landscaping. And so, you know, the ugly wall and the ugly fences and the ugly looking drainage system, it's going to be covered in landscaping. And I don't know what what this, you know, zoos do, but if if they're just covering the metal cages with landscaping to make it look like a natural habitat, and they're not really improving or increasing the space for animals to wander. Well, there obviously that's obviously a big problem, right? And so now we go to we go to the episode. Um, we meet Joe Exotic. Joe, uh, this is actually a self proclamation of Joe, uh, and I quote: He calls himself a a gay. Gun carrying redneck with a mullet, end of quote. Um, he is an owner operator on, of an exotic zoo in o- Oklahoma. Um, at one time, this zoo was the home for 180 tigers. He actually employs a lot of um, ex convicts and other people who are sort of down and out individuals. Uh, these em- his employees appear, appeal or appear all throughout the interview for this entire series. Um, his zoo, actually, is originally named the Gerald Wayne Exotic Animal Memorial Park. This is named after his brother who died in a car accident in 1997. Uh, the zoo is now eventually renamed as Greater Wynwood Exotic Animal Park or the GW Zoo. But aside from being a zookeeper and, you know, if you think his profile is already full, well then, Joe Exotic is also a country singer, he is an entrepreneur, he is even an aspiring politician, he ran for president in 2016, Um, he actually got 962 votes in Colorado, where this is the one state that actually had his name appeared on the ballot. Uh, so, it's really not a surprise that this reality TV producer named um, Rick Kirkham, you know, he's salivating on this opportunity that he wants to produce a reality show for Joe Exotic. Because, you know, Joe actually likes to really record on, cam- on camera all almost all aspects of his personal and professional life. Um, he even has his own TV show, which airs on the internet. I think it's six o'clock every night. Um, obviously, I don't think the show is running anymore at this time. Um, I was told that Rick uh, Kirkham would be um, a more important, um, a major player later on um, as the. As the documentary series progresses, we learn though that a large part of Joe Exotic's personality is his hatred for 
a woman named Carol Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin is an animal rights activist. She owns Big Cat Rescue, which is located near uh, Tampa, Florida. Carol Baskin uh, sees Joe's operation as completely unacceptable from you know the perspective of animal rights. And as part of his persona, Joe actually hosts once again the internet series and uh, his hate for uh, Carol actually is a a pretty consistent topic of his internet series and he also implies that Carol is not really a, a moral paragon who just wants to rescue big cats and animals Joe actually sorts of says and implies that Carol is doing the same thing as he is doing. She just wants to shut down the operation of Joe so that she can have more, you know, tigers. And of course, Joe is calling out the hypocrisy of Carol Baskin. Um, this first episode actually gives us a lot of time with the tigers who were, you know, unfortunately the unsung hero of this, of the show Tiger King. Even if the even if the the show is titled Tiger King, the tigers took a backseat, especially as the the show progresses. Uh, much of the show has focused more on the humans and the infighting, and not really again what's best for the animals. In a twisted way, I think it's like a metaphor for animal rights and many other important issues in the world. It becomes more of politics and infighting instead of actually solving the problem. Actually, we see how really affectionate uh, this animals can be with humans, especially when Joe brings the, the sort of the tigers, especially the baby, the baby cubs, at the malls and public places. Uh, we see the draw and the attraction of the tiger cubs, and actually Joe uses them really as as something that attracts uh, to his business to the zoo. And personally, I am not quote-unquote turned on with tigers and cubs. But I understand their appeal to people. I think that big imposing cats like tigers and li- tigers and lions and bears, again, uh, I think they make you feel powerful and special. And while the smaller baby cats, you know, the cubs, they are cute and cuddly. Even though you know they're going to be like a big, powerful animal when they... Another major figure we meet is someone named uh, Bhagavan Doc Antle, who is a world-renowned wildlife enthusiast and trainer. Uh, Some people call him as the legit or the professional version of Joe Exotic. By the way, the word Bhagavan, it's not an easy word to research. I mean, the meaning I found so far is it's related to the root word badge. Which is, which means to revere or to adore, and it also implies someone glorious or illustrious, revered, venerable, divine, holy. It's an epithet applied to gods, holy or you know respectable people. Uh, the root badge also means share with or partake of or a portion. It, it, it's a lot actually, like like 
I know it's 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 definitely if you have the name Bagavan um, as part of your name, you're you're special. But like I don't, I I, I sort of don't want it because it really means a lot. So basically, Mister Antle here wants to present himself as a as this be, as this very special godlike figure who is also a doctor uh, <laughs> who who just happened to be named Antle. I actually realized at this point there's a lot of pro wrestling elements to Tiger King. So I actually might end up liking this anyway because I'm a, a very big uh, pro wrestling fan. I shouldn't say very big. I, I'm just a big pro wrestling fan. Um, for example, all of the major characters are unique and charismatic. And they have unbelievable backstories. But unlike professional wrestling... These uh, stories are, you know, these are actually real life. Um, we don't know if they are 100% true, but it's, you know, there's there's some truth to it. It's, these are, it's the lives of these people, you know. It's the life of Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin and, you know, Doc Antle, Bhagavan Doc Antle, you know. And it's, it's, it, it's crazy and it's true, right? So that's obviously, that's obviously the wild part here is this is, this is a documentary. We're documenting, they were documenting real life people. And so, also Joe Exotic and again, uh, Doc and Carol. I think not any single one of them is the Tiger King. So the Tiger King title is the sort of, um, the, the championship belt in professional wrestling. And it's like, like it's the title that the characters in this documentary are aiming for. Everyone wants to be the Tiger King. Um, I guess maybe Carol wants to be the Tiger Queen, Queen or whatever. Um, and actually, we we may never know who is the real Tiger King because I was told this saga is actually far from over even after you watch the documentary. And um. I actually don't want anyone to win. I don't trust any of these characters. And as I mentioned, I don't know what's really the best case scenario for the Tigers. Should they be let out to the wild? Should they be brought to a bigger, maybe more professional wildlife sanctuary or a safari type environment? Um, I don't know what's right for them. Uh, Doc Antle or Bagavan, Doc Antle is the founder of Tigers, which is a cool abbreviation, by the way. Um, Tigers mean the Institute for Greatly Endangered and Rare Species. Uh, This is in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Um, He was actually somewhat of a mentor to Joe, and I I was told again that Doc Antle will be a major player in, in, in the story later on. And um, I think that I think the people we met in episode one so far, Joe Exotic, Carol Baskin, and again Bagavan, Doc Antle. I think they are truly passionate about these animals. I think they really love these animals. Um, as I mentioned, scientifically, I don't really know what's the best case for the animals. Uh, is it being in the zoo? Is it being out in the wild? Is it being in like a wildlife? safari environment where they have a much bigger space while still being taken care of um again i don't know the answer i think carol joe and doc 
they um this is this is my opinion obviously you know and um again you may agree or you may disagree with me i think carol and joe exotic and doc anto i think they use the animals to increase their ego and their personality I think they really love the spot, the spotlight, especially Joe. Joe obviously loves the spotlight. I think that having this big animals is a great way to gain attention and stroke your ego. I mean, imagine this. Even for regular people, right? Like it's it's like having a really cute pet, like a really cute cat or maybe a really cute uh, puppy or a, or a, you know, a, a shih tzu dog. You know, a really cute pet or a really big imposing pet, right? Like a German Shepherd or a St. Bernard or, you know, one of of those, you know, Bulldogs or those Rot, rot, what what do you call that? Those Rottweiler dogs, right? Like, if you you walk with those, with that kind of pet in at at the park or at at your neighborhood, it's definitely going to gain you attention. Um... It's gonna it's gonna stroke your ego. People are gonna approach you and they're gonna talk to you, and not because you're interesting. Interesting, they're gonna they're gonna talk to you and approach to you because your pet is so interesting. And whoever you, for everyone who's listening to this and really smiling right now, just you know admit to yourself that you already done that. But that that's the effect of it, right? Like if you if you unless you really have no 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 intention of gaining attention or maybe you do and you don't you just don't know it yet it's subconscious like if you if you bring a really cute pet or a really big imposing pet at the park or like around your neighborhood you're definitely gonna gain attention and that's just for regular people now how much more for people like joe and carol and doc who have you know access to this really wild tigers and tigers and lions and bears like i said so like obviously you're 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 definitely gonna gain attention you're gonna get your ego stroked especially if you if you have cameras following you all all day and if you air it on the internet uh in conclusion like i said the show initially it doesn't really attract me or quote-unquote turn me on um, I might watch the next few episodes in the future, but you know, right now I'm still on the fence. But you know, I'm not really compelled by anything. But but again, I I might watch it at some point just so I can do a review for 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 everyone who you know for the millions and millions of people who have already seen it. Uh, it is one of the most downloaded shows in Netflix of all time. Uh, it has something like 34.3 million downloads, and that's just in the first few days. So obviously, this is in, uh, increasing as the days pass. And um, like, I really feel I'm the minority because, like, if I didn't like the show and 34 million like it, um, I want to know the reason why a lot of people like the show. And so, actually, just for context, here are the most watched shows on Netflix. And obviously, these are just estimates, and obviously, these are moving targets because the watch, the daily watch, and the daily downloads of this Netflix shows obviously it increases every day. So so far, 
so far, number one is still Orange is the New Black. Very popular, you know, series, of course, about women in prison. In prison. So far, it already has 104 million uh, watches or downloads. Stranger Things is not really a close second, but it has 63 million downloads. Um, obviously, if you don't know Stranger Things, it's a science fiction, drama, horror, comedy series with lots of homages from 80s cinema and pop culture. Um, fans of Stephen King and 80s horror and Steven Spielberg would love this. Also, I reviewed the entire season 3 of Stranger Things. So uh, I'm going to put that again at the description page of this episode. Uh, number three after Stranger Things is Umbrella Academy, which is a superhero drama show, I would say. I have watched the first two episodes. Um, so far, I, for this one, I am not attracted to watch it. Um, I don't know why it's popular. Once again, this is another show that I might explore sometime in the future to sort of really find out why a lot of people love it. Uh, maybe it gets good as the show goes on. Um, if we go back to Stranger Things, by the way, I have seen all the episodes of Stranger Things so far, seasons 1, 2, 3. So go ahead and check that out. Highly recommend the show. I really love it. Another show which I really love and I highly recommend is something called La Casa de Papel or Money Heist. And this has 43 million downloads. Um, it's a show that is a crime heist action show. Uh, it has a lot of telenovela elements. Um, again, I have reviewed all the episodes of Money Heist already so far. So all four seasons. Um, once again, I'm going to put the description page on the description page of this episode. I'm going to put a link to my reviews of La Casa de Papel. And then another show that I am curious about but I haven't watched yet is... This is number five um, so far, most downloaded, most watched on Netflix with 39 million downloads is... Sex Education, this is of course a British sex comedy drama show. Um, from what I know, it's about this um, socially awkward kid who is the the child of a sex therapist. And so people or the students ask, ask that person, ask the student sex advice, stuff like that. So, you know, fun stuff. So anyway, uh, another very popular show is You... Um, this is a show that I'm interested in also. I haven't seen it. Uh, it's a psychological thriller about this handsome guy who is also a nice guy, who is actually a stalker. So, yeah, something very interesting. And then after 39 million, we go now to Tiger King, which has 34.3 million. Uh, and again, that's just in the first 10 days of release. And, uh, yeah, of course, it's, it's definitely in the top 10. It's definitely one of the more popular shows on Netflix. So, after Tiger King uh, is the show, another nature-related show, but this is a British nature documentary. So, this is, not, this is not like a reality show like Tiger King. This is definitely a nature documentary. Um, the title is Our Planet. It has 32 million downloads on Netflix. After Our Planet, um, a show called Unbelievable, 
um, has 30 million downloads on uh, Netflix. I'm interested with this just because it's a miniseries and I always love to watch miniseries because you don't need to like watch 8 to 10 se- seasons worth of shows. Um, Unbelievable is a dramatization of the 2008 to 2011 Washington and Colorado serial rape cases. It follows uh, Marie, a teenager who was actually charged with lying about being raped, and two detectives who followed a you know the the path to get to the truth. And so you know something very interesting, something that's compelling. Actually, I might watch that. Um, Dead to Me has 29 million downloads. This is a dark comedy about two women who is grieving with the loss of their husbands. And so they sort of got close and bonded together. However, one of them has a dark secret that leads to a disturbing plot twist. And so um, I'm not that much interested with this one, but the dark secret and the plot twist, um, you know, it might... It might um, it might help me decide to watch it one day, but so far it's not like in my priorities. And finally, we go to the Jay's ratings. Like I said, I'm not a big fan of the show, but I'm considering watching it. Um, maybe it's not just for me. Maybe I need to watch the entire series to really get a good grasp of it. But for now, I'm giving it a J's ratings of 50%, and that is a failing grade because 60% is my passing grade. IMDb gave this specific episode, episode 1, a 7.5 out of 10. Metacritic uh, gave it a meta score of 75 out of 100. And then Rotten Tomatoes gave it 86%. And the audience of Rotten Tomatoes also gave it 86%. So obviously... All this other, you know, aside from from IMDb and Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes, I have also seen some positive reviews from the other sort of review uh, sites and review articles. So all of them are really positive. So I, I really don't know. Maybe I should really give this show more chance. I mean, at this point, basically, I'm already deciding to watch all of the episode. Uh, or maybe this is just not the show for me. I mean, like, you know, I understand millions of people watch it, but, like, maybe I don't... Maybe it's something that I don't r- really enjoy. But, yeah, I might actually end up watching all the other episodes just so I can do a review of every single episode for you folks, especially for all of you who have already seen it. And... Maybe we can find some life lessons and some meaning to it. Thank you once again, everyone, for listening to the podcast. And uh, once again, please do support my podcast. Give us a five-star rating from your favorite podcast platform. Also, please do give us a direct donation via PayPal. This will be a very big help for us. Any amount of money would be a very big help for us right now. And once again, the donate link is at the description page of this episode. Thank you once again for listening. Have a great day ahead. Have a great week ahead. Have a great month ahead. Have a great year ahead. See you on the next episode. Bye-bye.